0: Welcome to People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report. I'm Mark Pfeffer. My guest today is Jack Berkowitz. He's the Chief Data Officer at ADP. People in HR technology have been talking about data for some time, and Jack's been in the thick of efforts to make people data useful to business. He's also done a lot of work on the idea that data can be used for social good. We're going to talk about data for social good and what it means, who uses it, how it's presented, and what it does on this edition of PeopleTech. Hey, Jack, it's great to see you. So you've been talking a lot about data for social good lately, and I wondered if you could explain to me what you mean and what the concept is.
1: Yeah, so, you know, we... We're a very big operation, and so when we look at all of the information that moves through our system in a given year, um, it's a large proportion of the U.S. population happens to move through the system. And so, you know, we use that data to provide them benefits, to provide them really good pay, to provide them, uh, to provide their companies insights on how they can optimize their workforce. Um, But at the same time, we have that information that can be uh, used for, for greater purposes. So we started a couple of years ago, um, several years ago actually, building an asset for sort of the the, the economic markets in the U.S. Uh, the national employment reporting gives a view of information about how people are being hired or or moving around the world and or the country in terms of compensation and things like that. We started to look. Okay, how can we now do? that sort of benefit, but for our clients and for the employees of our clients. One of the areas that we we latched onto a few years ago, really in partnership with our clients, because they were asking for it is, can we help them get a view of uh, aspects around diversity, equity, and inclusion? We were able to, for example, build the first benchmarks, real benchmarks, real-time benchmarks monthly about the diversity... Mix inside of companies, uh, as well as you know the ability for people to advance inside of companies. We're able to do that at a very fine grained level and give you know anonymized benchmarks. Then we extended that into pay equity. So how can we close pay equity gaps? Not just by looking at a company's internal data, but combining their data with you know anonymized data from hundreds of thousands of other companies and see if there's really pay equity gaps that, that companies can close and thankfully now we've seen uh you know well north of a billion dollars in pay equity gaps closed by providing this data simply for a good purpose.
0: So who who's the user here? Is it uh managers? Is it executives? Is it both?
1: Yes. Yeah. So um sometimes it's 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 HR professionals um whether they're in the recruiting function, whether they're in compensation, um, for some of our medium businesses, that's everything, right? They do everything. Um, but oftentimes, it's executive teams trying to take decisions about how to strategically move and engage their workforce. You know, there's a lot of activity around talent uh, recruiting or sourcing or or employee engagement, and these are all really good topics. But at the end of the day, people work to get paid, and we see a lot of executive teams focused in on that, right? Mm-hmm. Making sure that the pay is equal, that the pay is is right for uh, the job, and how they can, you know, shape their organization to serve their needs, whether it's you know building new product or doing services or whatever it happens to be, uh, by combining this information. So we we see both sets of teams using it.
0: And I'm trying to imagine what it is they see and and what it is they get when they're they're using this. Can you sketch it out for me?
1: Yeah. So one of our biggest challenges with data, particularly in the HR domain, is, and I don't want to overstate this, right, but is to make it consumable for people, right? I can give somebody a, a pretty elaborate spreadsheet and the CFO will love that or I can give somebody a simple diagram to show a pay equity gap, for example. And so we've tried to package it in ways that's consumable. We've built things, for example, called storyboards. They're graphs and they're charts and they're reports, but they put it together in what it sounds like, a story that somebody can look at, understand quickly, see the gap, and then take action off of that pay equity gap, for example. Now, we also have all the standard reports, and we can give you incredibly detailed uh, reporting out of it as well. If you want to give it to a CFO. At The same time, some people want to consume this information into their downstream enterprise business intelligence system or tie it into a downstream system that they might have like an ERP system or, or something else. So we have APIs that we provide uh, application programming interfaces. In other words, calls that other computer systems can make to our systems so that people can pull that data. And we see that data pool quite a bit uh, by clients uh, uh, and then increasingly that way. So, again, visualizations, planners, and then uh, data feeds.
0: Um, You know, we're we're talking about internal data here, but, you know, as more companies get involved with more outside issues and outside organizations, do you find any of them are, are bringing data from those organizations into their own house?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it, it's really an interesting question. We always have this debate, how big do we make? So we we provide a couple of interesting products here at ADB. One of them is a people analytics product. One of them we call enhanced insights, which is really this benchmark information. And the question is, is, well, you know, should we, where's that line between, you know, providing something very targeted for the HR practitioner or the HR department versus something more enterprise scale? how do we provide combinations of information? So we do have the ability, for example, for the HR team to bring in sales numbers or bring in budget information so that they can do localized analysis inside the system. Um, But this idea of combining our data, for example, with some survey data, with some productivity data that they might get from salesforce.com or something like that, that's something we're not doing today, But we love the fact people want to do it. So we've built connectors to some of the more popular BI systems, business intelligence systems to do that. So you can take our data and combine it on the fly in a Power BI, which is Microsoft's tool. You can combine it on the fly with a plugin that our data then can be right there inside your Power BI. You can bring your Salesforce data together there and see it. And just through point and click. Uh, And we have a lot of clients using that today. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out.
0: You know, you you were saying that your clients came to you about developing this because they had the, the need um, do you think that most companies out there, most employers out there, you know are are recognizing that need um, or are you having to go out and sell
1: it essentially? You know, it's a it's a it's a great point. What I've seen, and maybe I'm biased because I work in the space, but I've seen over the past five years a shift, a definite shift in the h r practice and in companies, and I think a lot of it, was due to the pandemic, right? During the pandemic, the 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 notion that data about people was super important, not just about running the teams, but actually running the company became mm. essential. Where are people? Are they healthy? Do we even have drivers that, you know, once we restart our business, where do we get drivers? So I think this this sort of substantial moment for my little niche area or our little niche area in people data uh, happened during the pandemic. And so, whereas I think four or five years ago, it was kind of a push, and you would get this response from an HR practitioner, oh, well, I don't know anything about data. You know, I'm just here for HR. Today, it's exactly the opposite. You know, you you get into these debates with I just was at one of our company conferences in Orlando and uh you know I couldn't give the five practitioners I was having lunch with or the five HR people I was having lunch with enough detail they mm-hmm. they they knew more about not just our information or their information but how other companies were using information to do predictions than than I than I was able to answer so I think it's really pivoted in the past 5 years and I think it pivoted because, or at least the pandemic helped. Now, obviously there's better tools, better capabilities. These all are enablers, but I think the realization that people are the central portion of every company, doesn't matter if you're a manufacturing company or a, uh, or a services company or, you know, a shipping company, the people are the thing that drives it, right? The reason why we have supply chain problems for eggs It's because we don't have people to, to farm and deliver the eggs. Right. And, and people need to, right. This is the essential problem.
0: So is this a generational thing you think, or is it just, you know, data has been around for a while and people are getting used to it?
1: Yeah. You know, I want to be biased and say, Oh yeah, it's generational. But I look in the mirror and I realize I'm from the later generations, you know, the, the, the aging generation. Um, Obviously, people are learning technology at a faster rate, and there is some adoption of technology. People that can use Instagram and Spotify and everything else seem more like, likely to gravitate towards using data. So there is a generational thing there. However, you know, I'm in my late fifties, and everybody I know uses Spotify and Instagram. And so, you know, and and you know, I, I work with people now, literally work with people in their seventies, and they're able to use it just fine as well. And so I think that old argument, oh, well, you know, it's a younger person's thing or, or I don't know about that. I think that's just a stale argument these days. I think the challenge of any company and any team is to make the information and the data available in a way that people can consume it. And so we're always pushing for that. And, you know, you see this whole AI push happening in the, in the community, it's about that it's about making the information more consumable
0: now we touched on this before but i'd like to ask you this specific question which is can you you talk a bit about the tools that are involved here what are the how are people getting at this and what are they getting
1: yeah so it really depends on the type of of person that we're providing the information to or you know, the use case as to which tools get involved. If you're an HR practitioner or an HR person sitting behind your desk, then we have a user interface built into ADP's products that people can use. But just at the same same time, for for managers on the go, we have data and insights and all these benchmarks, everything I've been talking about, bundled as part of our mobile application. So ADP Mobile is used by something like, you know, 20, 30 million people every month to check in on, on, you know, their pay statements. Well, right inside there, there's an insights button and they can get these insights um, pushed to them. In fact, Mm -hmm. our system automatically analyzes all the data and says, hey, here's two or three things you need to know. And that's great if you happen to be a people manager who's not going to be in the HR system every day, but you still benefit From people data, Um, and so we've seen, you know, one of our big retail clients in the Midwest, they've used that. They rolled it out. They didn't do a big test. They just said turned it on, and they uh, and they were having a problem with turnover inside of their retail operations. So it's a big, you know, thousands of stores type thing: convenience stores, gas stations, and they were able to cut their their turnover rates and their overtime rates by something like seventy percent by just getting the people data into the hands of, of the frontline managers, the people who actually need to run and, and manage the operations. And they did that all through the ADP mobile app that everybody had on their phone to begin with.
0: And what kind of data was that, that the managers were using?
1: So it, it was a combination of, of calculated things from their data, things like turnover rates, as well as benchmarks. So we have... 70, uh, excuse me, 30 benchmarks of HR transactions across the nation. So things like average time and job and time to fill and turnover rate, overtime rates, we have benchmarks on these things. And so they were comparing themselves, not to a specific competitor, but to other retail operations in their local area. And they saw, they could see, for example, that their turnover rate was higher than everybody else's. Right. And they could then make local changes, whether it was in compensation, policy, scheduling. They had lots of solutioning. You know, we may we give we give insights as to what solutions may work, but it's really up to the individual HR team and the individual local manager to make those, you know, to decide what they're gonna do, because every every situation is unique. But we just arm them with the ammunition, if you will, so that they can go and 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 and, and solve the problem. The best example I heard was they noticed that they had um, high overtime rates and turnover at a couple of locations, and it literally had to do with the school system coming out of COVID, had changed the opening times of the schools and the closing times of the schools. So based on that, they were able to adjust, you know, the, the by mandate hour schedulings, shift them by an hour and a half away from the corporate standard for that local region and boom they cut their overtime rates, they cut their turnover rates just by being more aware of the situation.
0: Well, Jack, thank you very much. it's been great to talk to you and I, I hope you'll come back.
1: Thank you it's been a, it's been my pleasure Mark.
0: My guest today has been Jack Berkowitz, the Chief Data Officer at ADP, and this has been People Tech, the podcast of the HCM Technology Report, we're a publication of Recruiting Daily. We're also a part of Evergreen Podcasts. To see all of their programs, visit www.evergreenpodcast.com. And to keep up with HR technology, visit the HCM Technology Report every day. We're the most trusted source of news in the HR tech industry. Find us at www.HCMTechnologyReport.com. I'm Mark Pfeffer. Faith in the news media has been challenged, making it even harder to get stories told.